This is London Calling. London Calling. It wasn't a patch pilot. We used them all the time. We needed them. Um, in any war, you'd need them. And he was up there helping us out big time. So, and then he's Invictus Games, all the money he's raised for charity, all the awareness and stuff. And he's a good, decent bloke. Um, but he's gone down a different route at the minute, and that's overshadowing everything. But I don't think the military now dislike him or anything like that. I think the lads still think he's cool. But I think it's fair to say that he probably shouldn't have mentioned a couple of bits that he was up to out there. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, uh, we've already said Happy New Year, haven't we? We have, yeah, that was last week, I think, yeah. Um, but I've, I've, um, I, I've just come back from Iceland, James. So um, uh, I thought you'd already been to Iceland I, what, I, to buy some to buy some frozen cod. Well, and some peas for your for your large family. No, um, I uh, we did go over the summer. Um, uh, it was our summer holiday. And it was fantastic. But I was invited back by um, a chap who contributes to the Daily Skeptic called Thorsten Sigelson. And um, he has started oh, yeah. a free speech society in Iceland. And at the inaugural meeting of this society, he wanted me to be one of the speakers. So I wrote a speech and went to Iceland and delivered my speech. And actually, it was it was reasonably well attended. Um, there were about maybe 50 people in the room. And then we had a dinner yeah. afterwards for about 20 That's people. Given Iceland's population, which is what, about 350,000? Yeah, we had about... You had a significant chunk of the Icelandic population. I think, well done, Tess. Yeah, and, and, and the Icelandic media was very excited that I was in Iceland. Was it? Yeah, so I, had, like, I was interviewed for their equivalent of ITV. And then I was interviewed in the largest selling uh, newspaper in the country. Um, and I was also I also did a kind of a curtain raiser uh, a couple of days beforehand uh, with another newspaper so yeah i'm i'm a big deal in sweden it, it, they in have iceland. A, i'm big a, in iceland james do they have a puffin barbecue in your honor well they, funnily they enough there, funnily they? enough james my um C, the coo the free speech union sigrin olivesdotter yeah. is icelandic and um is she, she really relation to bjork olive's daughter I suppose they're all called that, aren't they? Well, maybe, uh, she Bjork, is. Bjork, I'm pretty sure, is called Olaf's daughter. Okay, all right. Maybe she is related to Bjork. Anyway, she um, uh, she, she took me to this traditional Icelandic restaurant <laughs> on Friday yes. night, and uh, I underwent a sort of Icelandic bush tucker trial, and I had smoked puffin, yeah, and then horse meat, and the smoked puffin. Um, was was quite nice it was quite gamey quite flavorful um it was like uh it was a bit like gravelax um it was a cross between okay. i'd say smoked venison and gravelax but quite nice yeah. and then the 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 but the the tenderloin of horse was a revelation it was delicious it was no, it was stop like it was no, stop it, was, it now no james it was like a cross between again venison and beef but very good, very yeah, tender, but... full of flavour. Um, really good, really good. Tobes, we're English. We do not <laughs> eat horses. We we'll eat anything else. But even if, even if it was like the siege of Paris, as you know, they at the elephant in the zoo. 
even if we're in those dire circumstances, even if it was the siege of Leningrad, we would not eat our horses. We don't do it. Oh, mind you, Captain Scott did it, didn't he, on, on his own? Um... Yeah, well, it, 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 is, it, it was taboo in Christendom and perhaps still is. So when the King of Norway was urged to invade Iceland um, to try and convert the pagans to Christianity, uh, he didn't want to do it. So he negotiated with the leaders of the country and they agreed that they would embrace Christian ways and abandon most of their pagan practices, save for they were given a special dispensation whereby they could still eat horses. They just weren't prepared to give that up. So horses still on the menu in some restaurants in Iceland. I seem to remember, I could be wrong, but I seem to remember they have a special kind of trotting horse in They do, Icelandic horses. They're they're kind of a little gait. They're they're smallish, but not as small as ponies. Right. And I I dare say... I I bet they don't have fox hunts. No, they probably don't, no. Probably the horses are a little bit too small. So what's the point? Um, What is the point? Well... They eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is the point. I don't. I don't think <laughs> I that is the reason. That I don't actually. I think that um, that they're, they're, they're very. Actually, I think they export these Icelandic horses. They're very popular, particularly in parts of Europe. And I think there are kind of dressage events just for Icelandic horses. They're very beautiful and they're very easy to train. Um, so they're quite sought after. I think in America too. So I think there's um, as horse traders. Uh, I, I think I, I think that's why they have the kind of. And there are a huge number of horses. Like someone told me when I was going, I mean, admittedly, this population is so small, this isn't a particularly high bar, but there's something like two Icelandic horses for every human being on the island. Um, yeah, I, well, I do envy you, Toast, because I, I know that the only way to visit Ireland is when somebody else is, 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 um, is paying your expenses, because otherwise it was, what, 20 quid for a pint of beer? It's expensive, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, and apparently the food is is really not much to write home about. I mean, no, Parche, the, your, the food, your well, no, I mean, your... yeah, the food was a bit eccentric in this traditional Icelandic restaurant. But I went to a couple of seafood restaurants which were really good. Um, so no, I think actually yeah, the well. food is pretty good. Um, okay, and uh, but as you say, very expensive. Um, uh, yeah, you need you need you need uh, you you. I don't think you get a, a long weekend in Iceland if it was just you and Tiffany. Uh, I don't think you get away for much less than three grand yeah and i think i think she would be thinking now nah, I'll, I'll i'll go somewhere hot thank you very much i'll go yeah yeah that, that's usually the argument ancient I have with, ruins with caroline we had a big argument do yesterday. you get do you when you get sort of freebie jaunts like this which i'm, I'm presuming do not pay enormous amounts no. um they're just more, more of a jaunt than anything do you get grief from the wife or is she glad to get rid of you well no i think i think she did ask me last week why I hadn't suggested she come too. Um, ah. And I probably should have done that. Um, I just didn't think she'd want to go back to Iceland, particularly not in midwinter where it's dark most of the time and very, very cold. Um, but Do you I, not see the northern lights? Well, I did ask, um, you know, um, uh, Sigrin if it might be possible to go see the northern lights, but she said it was too overcast and um, it was the stormy season. Generally, the best time to see the northern lights is um, December before the stormy season begins um because that's when the the, the, the skies are crystal it'd be a bit clear. of a pisser wouldn't it going there on a special expedition to see the northern lights yes and finding that, that, that it was cloudy yes and apparently it is quite unpredictable there, there is i think the icelandic equivalent of the met office has a little section on its website 
predicting when the northern lights are going to be visible and when they aren't but it's it she says it's it's not an exact science i don't think it's quite as bad as the met but nonetheless not an exact science and um sometimes you can get kind of fairly mediocre northern lights displays and sometimes she said it's like the gods are showing off it's just incredibly dramatic so i think that's a bit hit and miss Yes, it reminds me, Tobes, I I can't resist including this anecdote, of the time that I went to South Africa on a mission to go, again, on a a, a travel travel jaunt, to dive with great white sharks. And it never occurred to me when I I proposed this assignment that the problem might be getting the sharks to turn up. Or or that that there there are quite a lot of sea conditions where you cannot put the cage down because it's just too rough so i went out two or three times to to go and you know to risk because i wanted to confront my darkest fear and all that and i think a couple of times at least i went out there and we either the sharks didn't turn up or we wouldn't put down the the cage because it was too rough and by the end i was so desperate to see a great white shark just just so that i could say been there done that that i would have endured anything i would even have had one of those horrible incidents where the shark sometimes gets inside your cage just just so that i could i could get it over and done with anyway i i did in the end but it, but these these weather dependent trips are always a matter of a little great bit risky well, i i anxiety. Um, I, I, I went uh, scuba diving on my stag weekend in i think it was marbella um and yeah. uh no great white shots there. It, my stag weekend was a complete washout i've written about it at least once in the spectator because not all my 10 closest friends actually showed up and yeah people who think i'm you know the devil incarnate often cite this piece as an example of how friendless i am you know i'm norman no mates because i'm such a tory um sh1t uh anyway um my stag weekend um not everyone turned up and then the big activity on saturday morning was going scuba diving but we had to be trained first and only i think uh, there were only two of my mates got up in time because they got so drunk the night before to to make the morning training session at 9 a.m in the hotel pool with a scuba instructor so it was me and two mates and one of them had a panic attack in the shallow end of the swimming pool um with his kind of oxygen mask on and so he bailed so it was just me and one other other guy but anyway we went through it we got certified and um off we went and we had to turn back because um the weather just wasn't good enough um so the whole thing was a complete washout and I, i i tried to i paid for 10 of us to go scuba diving for the training the certification the trip everything and it cost like thousands of pounds and i i I said well you know you're gonna have to give me a refund because we didn't get to do any scuba diving and and he refused he was like no um i don't blame him actually because (laughs) you 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 failed in in your side of the contract i would say your your mates failed to turn up. well that's true but had we all turned up we wouldn't have been able to do it anyway um, because it was cancelled, oh, but I, I think he was saying, you know, I guess so it's moot. apparently in the in the in the in the in the small print, there was something to the effect that you know, if if we have to cancel due to adverse weather conditions, we keep the money, and I hadn't read that, um, but it was pretty galling. <laughs> well, that's there's a lesson learned: don't book scuba trips for your drunken friends in countries where, well. I suppose Marbella. You would have exactly thought it was, it was, it was in summer. I thought it was relatively safe. Yeah, oh, no, actually, you're right. You're it was right. going to be washed out, but it was. And, right. and I feel okay. sorry for people who've, who've booked expensive skiing holidays. Um, you know. Uh, yes, because no, winter. but Tobes, that that was inevitable because 
man's selfishness and greed has been causing... Do you not, do you not know about this? Global warming, oh, yes, which means that there is never going to be snow ever again in the Alps or anywhere else. Yeah, they, they were laughing about that explanation for why there wasn't much snow cover in the Alps in Iceland because Iceland's just had its coldest winter in decades. You know, it got down to minus 25 in some places. They were saying, where is the global warming? We want the global warming. Yeah, so that was quite funny. Is that, is but, that, uh, is that uh, an Icelandic uh, accent? That was, I like, that, I like that, that was my Icelandic, Icelandic accent. accent. But I, I should, and I said, and, 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 and I said to I think it was Thorsten um, who, who, who would, I was joking about this. Well, they said, and so is there, is there any kind of explanation as to why Iceland's just experienced its coldest winter in 25 years? It's, oh, yeah, of course, global warming. <laughs> there you are. So, yeah, it's a, it's a non-falsifiable hypothesis, I think, as we've said many times before. So, should we... By the way, I read yeah. your speech. Oh, OK. I read the speech that you made. And it was. I, I thought you were absolutely on the money about the ghastliness of modelling and the way that these ludicrous models were used to justify all manner of encroachments on on liberty etc etc um that i wasn't sure about the bit at the end where you say we need a a new enlightenment yeah you you blame scientism on the enlightenment do you I, well, that that would be my take. Yes, the, yep. the, the scientism, the the cult, is is the, the idea that that um, that scientists. That, yeah, I mean that that's the essence of technocracy, also, isn't it? The idea that a sort of scientific technocratic elite should be allowed to take the decisions for us. Mm. Um, it's kind of. I mean, that's that's one of the, one of the one of the problems with the Enlightenment. It's sort of rejection of God, and its adoption of the sort of man as the. As, as 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 the new god yes but i that's true that's true um but i stress that you know had it not been for the separation of um uh descriptions of the universe and hypotheses about the natural world the separation between them and morality had they not been divorced from christian cosmology and christian morality more generally then the scientific revolution couldn't have taken place and what's objectionable about what i identify as moralistic scientism actually a phrase coined by a new yorker journalist is that it tries to um it it claims that uh science points us towards these kind of top-down left-wing large-scale policy interventions that they are that that if we follow the science we will lock down or we'll embrace net zero and so forth and what we have to do is we have to restore that separation of is and ought which underpinned the success of the first scientific revolution and ultimately of the enlightenment but as you say it did become corrupted along the way and had some pretty awful manifestations such as um uh Nazi Germany. <laughs> well, well, also, also, I, I, I dispute whether the, the Christian cosmology was something that needed um, reinventing by these bunch of charlatans. I, 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 I think Christian cosmology is right, and I think evolutionary theory is one of the most biggest pieces of bollocks. Um, uh, well, I was going to say since the moon landing, although of course it predates <laughs> the moon landings. Well, that's um, probably where we bought. Don't believe it. For, don't believe it for a moment. Um, you think God created the world in seven days? Yes. Well, no, I don't know how many days he created him, but yeah, definitely, um, that, that's that's a lot more reliable than evolutionary theory, which well, was... Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. if anyone wants to read my um, lecture at the inaugural meeting of the 
Icelandic Free Speech Society. It is on the Daily Skeptic. And if you're if you can't be bothered to read it, you can click on a link. And Thorsten has actually posted a video of me uh, delivering the lecture um, on, and I put a link Ooh, to that. Sexy. On, 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 <laughs> not very sexy. <laughs> uh, anyway, should we hear from our first Girls, advertiser? Try and restrain yourselves. Yeah. And boys. <laughs> should we? Let's hear from our first uh, sponsor. Shall we? Should, should, should I do it or are you going to do it? I'll do it and then you do the next okay. one. So um, our first sponsor is the always reliable, loyal and supportive Thor Holt. Heard enough of Thor's borderline incomprehensible ad copy in 2022 relax he's promised to tone it down a bit in 2023 and he sent some client feedback instead one might even say he's attempting dry copy january i would have edited out that joke but four has forbidden me to change a word (laughs) of these ads and he claims that the jokes in particular are hugely popular among our listeners. Anyway, the first feedback note is from a company owner that employs Thor as a non-executive director to help scale up and then successfully exit his Yorkshire-based business. And that business owner says, Thor, you're underselling yourself. You do what you say on the tin, but better. You've absolutely turbocharged me, properly stoked my fire. The second feedback note is from the owner of a multi-award winning Scottish IT firm. She says... Thor is like Marmite. Love it or hate it. He's honest, authentic, funny, clever and super talented. We've laughed and cried and he is just amazing at what he does. If I need help with strategic presentations, I never go anywhere else. I feel fortunate to always have him in my corner. I hate Marmite, but bloody love this man. Connect to read 80 more verified client recommendations at linkedin.com slash in slash Thorholt. And if your business could benefit from more high quality inquiries, ask ask about Thor's experience as a sponsor of London Calling, The Weekly Skeptic and The Delling Pod. So that's nice of Thor to drop that in at the end. He's essentially saying that if you are a business owner and you want more inquiries about from people who want to um, buy your services, then you too should advertise on London Calling, The Weekly Skeptic and The Delling Pod because it's been a very useful conduit for queries for him. So He's that address so once right. more is linkedin.com slash in slash Thorholt. So he's helping us in myriad ways. Good myriad old Thor. Ways. We love yeah. him. We and especially it, love his terrible jokes. Yeah, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna change one again. Um, no, well, uh, no, I think I think that's part of the. It's, uh, you know the phrase. It's the way they tell them, Tobe. So it's true. I, yeah, you've got I'm, to add lib a bit, otherwise yes. Thor would. He'd be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Way. So <laughs> I think we have to discuss um, uh, Harry's memoir. Given that it, I mean, you cannot uh, you cannot go to the Daily Mail website now without seeing you. Know, but you have to scroll down quite a long way to find a story why, that why isn't linked to... Why would you want to go to the Daily Mail web, website, Tobes? I go... Out of interest. I, I, well, <laughs> first of all, um, I, I write for the Mail. I think it's a fine newspaper. But secondly, um, it's often a source of stories that we flag up in the Daily Skeptic. It's uh, it's an amazing Is it? source of news. Yeah, they, they it's, and they're always, like, they're always first with the stories. And um, It's yeah. an evil cabal propaganda outlet it's one of the 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 the, 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 the cabals the, the the evil people who run the world tobes they love the, the mail absolutely love it 
Well, I'm I'm not sure they do. Don't they hate the male? I thought that. I thought. I thought that. Oh, the male cultivates that image. Oh, yeah, we're right. We're we're fighting on behalf of our readers. No, we're not. So I think that representing the. That, that, that Wikipedia, for instance, which I'm sure you, you would accept is a kind of um, regime-controlled um, uh, encyclopedia, um, yeah, yeah. They, they won't allow users to cite the mail as a source because they regard it yeah, as that's unreliable. that's part of the psyop Morning, Morningstar, Pravda, The Canary, uh, Navarro Media, all of that is completely acceptable. Byline Times, no problem. The Daily Mail, sorry, that's misinformation. Because they want to reinforce the fake notion that there is a left <laughs> and a right. That's why. That's the only reason. It's all, they're, they're devious, these people. Anyway, um, uh, so... Um, uh, I take it you haven't read Spare, nor have you downloaded the audiobook. We should probably, you know, just to entertain our listeners, we should download the audiobook and force ourselves to spend I think an you should be the voiceover artist <laughs> on the on the, uh, the next edition. That's true. Of we could we could audiobook. We could record you could the audiobook. Yeah, you could do Meghan could you and do, I'll do could Harry. Could you do Prince Harry? Yeah, I can. You d- I, I think I can. Yes. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, he's not. He's not actually that posh, is he? he is a, there's a bit of um, bit of. Uh, uh, demotic inflection, isn't there? He's, he's oh, definitely, bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that mental ill health is uh, is, is a really big issue uh, facing uh, young people today. Um, and and I'd recommend. No, you've that forgotten they... the question at the end of each sentence. Every every oh, yeah, presumably yeah. being a younger person, he he every every sentence ends with a with that inflection, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mental health is a really big problem today. Uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and can you do can you do Megan as well? Uh, you know, I'm not sure I can do Megan. I just do my generic whiny Californian girl for for Megan. That'll do. That'll okay. do. All right, I can do Megan. Maybe maybe you should do Harry. Let's see. Let's hear you talking about uh, the rift. The rift with your uh, brother. Oh, all I all I say is uh, when I was in Afghanistan, I killed 25, 25 Taliban, and I don't feel bad about it because when I was at Eton, I remember watching nine eleven. And and anything thereafter is justified. Harry, I'm, I'm not. Was, I, I'm not sure you want to put that in the book, Harry. H- have you forgotten that we're trying it, to present ourselves as victims? We're trying to earn points in the <laughs> oppression Olympics. I, I don't think that's going to play well with uh, the uh, uh, the left wing progressive woke crowd, Harry. Maybe you should think about taking that out. <laughs> do you, actually, Tobes, do you have any theories on on why he left that detail in? I mean, it's. It, I, 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 I want to stress. This is the only thing I know, the only revelation I've read, uh, because my eye was caught by it. Um, obviously, I don't read the newspapers, but but it did it did alight on that detail. And I was thinking, hang on a second, Do, soldiers don't normally talk about how many people they've killed. I mean, they just they just don't. It's just not not it's not right. Yeah, that 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 was odd. Um, I mean, the that that was the whole thing was odd. I mean, it was odd because, as you say, it was a breach of the taboo what goes on tour stays on tour in afghanistan but in addition it seemed to be so totally at odds with their overall strategy which is to present themselves as these poor beleaguered put upon victims in order to kind of you know endear themselves to the kind of wokerati um in hollywood and elsewhere so how how harry thought that would play with them is just kind of bizarre i mean maybe maybe he's just not terribly bright, and the person who ghost wrote his memoir, well, maybe actually the person who ghost wrote his memoir is quite bright and thought, 
if he includes that factoid, even though it's totally against his own interests um, and will torpedo his attempts to present himself as a victim, nonetheless, it will help the book be talked about and help sales and I'll make more money. So I'll persuade him to stick that in. I don't know. Um, it is bizarre, isn't it? It is. Did you did you did you see the meme um, with um, oh I've now I've now gone 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 brain dead. What's that? What's that? Uh, the in betweeners, the in betweeners meme was doing round. I haven't seen that. No, it's got a picture of one of the in betweeners, and it and it, and it's captioned: snorted coke, shagged three birds behind the pub, then killed twenty five Taliban on my way home. <laughs> and then it's, it's hashtag Prince Harry. I mean, what, what, what? Another, another reason it was odd to include that um, stat is that um, you know it's like throwing down the gauntlet to the Taliban, who now control a state in the Middle East. Um, you know, no wonder he's well, unlikely the, the to be invited really, to the but... coronation because the security costs presumably would would increase astronomically if Harry attended um, because suddenly all the attendees become a target for the Taliban if Harry's a target. Um, and also he says in the book, one of the things he whines about, one of the one of the things he hopes to win our sympathy with is he says that he and Meghan cannot afford security anymore. And it's so it's it was so cruel of the royal family to stop paying for his his, his and Mekon security because um, uh, they can't afford they can't afford. They've only got. They've only, after all, they've only earned forty-five million dollars from their deal with Netflix and Random House and Spotify. How can they possibly afford uh, with all their other well, expenses? James, wouldn't the it be private tragic? jets, the school fees, the clothes? How can they afford private security? So, but exactly. you know, he, he, he better stump up because now you know he's painted an enormous target on his back and invited every wannabe jihadi warrior in the United States uh, to have a pop at him. Um, it just yeah. seems extraordinarily na- naive. Wouldn't wouldn't it be tragic if, it was, as a result of that indiscretion, he had to live in a gated compound without internet and was never able again to communicate with the outside world for his own security? And you know, we never heard from him I, again. I'm sure what he'd do in those circumstances. I mean, if 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 you know if the Ayatollah. Um, uh, in Iran, there isn't there um, isn't an Ayatollah in in Afghanistan. No, but the, but it might be that you know that that the Iranians decide oh, solidarity, um, uh, yeah. solidarity. Um, they might decide to impose a fatwa on him. He might do what Rushdie did. This is a little known fact about Rushdie, which is that at one point he did actually he was hoping to to um, get get the fatwa lifted. Um, and to be able to live a slightly more normal life by converting to Islam. And he did convert to Islam. It didn't take, it didn't make any difference. No one took it seriously. Um, but I, may, I can easily imagine Harry, um, uh, if, if, if fatwa is um, imposed upon him, converting to Islam um, in the hope of getting it lifted. And it not working. doing an Andrew Tate. Have you got any theories on why Andrew Tate converted to Islam? No, it's a bit odd, isn't it? No, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm still not sure what I think of him. He, he did a bloody good podcast. Definitely one of my best ever podcasts was, was with oh, him. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've forgotten you know, that. You interviewed Regardless of you? his... Totally. He was absolutely fantastic. He said loads and loads of stuff you would totally agree with. He was he was brilliant. He was a dream guest. Um, but I don't know. Um, I mean, there, there, there are various aspects of it that puzzle me. And, you know, there are all sorts of theories doing the rounds. Like, oh, what... I'm trying to remember the crazy theories that I heard. But it's odd 
that he should be subscribing to a religion where you're not allowed to drink, supposedly. And I, I don't think he's... Has he stopped drinking? That sort of thing. It's it, it odd. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's hoping that, you know, if he escapes... <laughs> from Romanian prison he'll be able to is he in seek, prison seek asylum is, I, mean, I, thought that I think just... I think he's moved to hospital now because he's he's unwell um, there are lots of theories floating around about that but um, but maybe he's moved to hospital to make you know to facilitate his escape and he's going to pop up in Afghanistan maybe they'll um, say maybe they'll say Mr. Tate you can have Afghan citizenship you can have um, 69 virgins um, and you can import your um, car showroom um, to a palace in Kabul, but you have to go kill Prince Andrew first. Um, sorry, um, Prince Harry. Um, and <laughs> that'd be good. Good movie, actually, get, wouldn't it? James, like, this is getting very, very weird. This, this is this is possibly our weirdest. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, well, one theory that uh, one, isn't one theory is that the whole thing is a psyop kind of. Uh, um, now you're talking my language. Now I'm you talking. Are talking ev- and, and, basically everything is. So yeah. So, I, I'm with uh, so you he, he's, he's, what are you he's, talking about particularly? I think the I think the conspiracy theory is. I'm surprised you haven't already embraced this. Um, uh, is that um, he's he's orchestrated all of this? It's all part of an elaborate hoax. He hasn't really been arrested. We're talking about he's, Prince Harry, or we're talking about Andrew Tate now. Talking about Andrew Tate. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't really been arrested. Um, he's not really a sex trafficker. He hasn't really got this kind of mini porn studio in his backyard. It's all a, an elaborate hoax. And in due course, you know, he's going to reveal the truth after he's kind of duped us all. Um, and uh, but I, I can't see how how that that would benefit him in any way. I know and you always say, you know, that's the wrong question to ask when I ask that question. It is the wrong question to ask, yep. But it's hard to see him coming back Padawan, from this. I mean, you it's are like, definitely learning. You know, I know, I know, you know, you're supposed to read your publicity, you're supposed to weigh your publicity and not read it. And all publicity is good publicity. But it, I don't think that applies here. I don't think this publicity is good publicity. Once you've been branded as a sex trafficker, um, yeah, it's difficult to come back from that. You know, it's difficult to have any sort of career after that, isn't it? I mean, unless... No, I don't think so, trafficking. because the kind of people who believe these stories are the kind of people who would probably have hated him anyway. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I, d- I don't know whether I can trust these stories, because, look, it's, it's very easy to manufacture these cases again. I mean, and, and by the way, this, my, my, my... People are divided on this one. There are some people who say, yeah, he's a, he's a nonce, lock him away forever. And some people say, no, he's a freedom fighter. He's been cruelly traduced by corrupt police and a, and a system that's apt to get him in the style of Assange and Edward Snowden and blah, blah. You know, the, the, you, you just don't know. It's a hall of mirrors. So I'm not, I, I haven't got a line on, on this. Right, OK. Um, hmm. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, well, I guess... Uh... We'll find out in due course, particularly if there's actually a trial. Um, but you know, oh, but you love the idea that the, 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 the facts will suddenly yes, come I'm, out. Yes, I'm in, convinced in a, the, you, the facts you, will emerge in due course, so, James. Yeah, you love all that. Everything will believe fall, in all everything that. Will, and it's touching yeah. your faith <laughs> in the system. <laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, if if he's, uh, I think if if he if he if he ends up kind of um, uh, committing suicide in hospital. No doubt that will spawn a thousand conspiracy theories, and uh, people will. Think you never know actually... whether. I mean, um, the uh, McAfee, for example, John McAfee, 
Is he is he yes. really dead? He's the guy he that invented Norton Security, is that right? Yes. Do you think yes. he's dead? I don't know much about that story, James. What, what would be his motive for faking his own death because to, to oh, get out of the charges to to, to, to avoid avoid the heat that's, that's been on him mm. i mean that that that's that's i mean that would be the argument for for jeffrey epstein as well yeah you know or that that, that he was that, that part of the deal he struck if he's still alive that is is that having set up this this kind of mossad style um you know um compromat organization that his reward was to be fake suicided and then spirited off to some other island Israel where he can yeah yeah maybe he can celebrate Hanukkah with um, Robert Maxwell you are coming on so well (laughs) Robert Maxwell and Elvis yeah they can they can have I think in next week's podcast you can just be me and you can can just actually actually, we should actually we should do that James we should we should do a podcast in which I'm I I take on the team James line and you take on the team Toby line and we see how long we can sustain it for um it would be like a a bizarro world London calling you mean Um, I I could say you know given the choice between cock up and conspiracy I'm always inclined to believe it's cock up exactly yeah and and I call you a cuck um, yeah. uh, so, um, and I hear... secretly love it. <laughs> someone, love someone it, the other day, talk dirty to someone who's Team Toby came up to me the other day and said, um, yeah. uh, "I enjoy the podcast. It's very entertaining. Um, I'm obviously I'm I'm sane and rational and follow the evidence. So I'm." Did he have Toby. a very small willy? This person um, he's enormous, actually. But he but he then said um, he then said, "But I sometimes feel you let you let James bully you." <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 and it's it's slightly it's slightly slightly difficult to listen to. I just wish you'd stand up to your, for yourself more. He said. Yeah. And I thought, crikey, I, I I do need to. When James says, you know, he thinks dinosaurs are a hoax. Uh, I need to. I need to. I need to push back more robustly. And when he calls me a cuck, I need to. I need to call him something in return. That, that person is 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 wrong. He, I, I, it's clear that he's a, a weak person who puts far too much of his personality. It, it, you're like his. You like his character in one of those video games where, you know, one of those um, th- those fight games. And he's yeah. disappointed that, that whatever character you play, right, the cuck master, keeps getting his ass beaten. <laughs> and he feels he feels that, that as an extension of his psyche, you've, you've, you've failed him. Well, I, that's sad. He shouldn't do that. Well, I thought, I thought that, he you know... He needs therapy. <laughs> me, 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 me kind of not engaging every time you say something that I plainly disagree with um yeah. and and not responding in kind when you kind of uh, uh launch into a kind of insult laden rant um uh, it makes me look like the more confident more secure more powerful figure the dominant figure in the relationship yeah, you're like the kind of you're like the kind of uh, slightly angry wife who feels she hasn't that- been given her due <laughs> Um, and requires more recognition and validation. And is, I'm just, I'm just letting so it sexist. wash over me like waters of water off the duck's back. I thought that was the impression. Are I was you giving. saying that wives are <laughs> irrational and, and angry and, and, and difficult and weird? Because I, I, I can think of lots of wives who only, take issue with that. Only my my London calling work wife. Um, anyway, um, we should probably hear from another sponsor, James. And it's oh, your yeah. turn now. Is it is it me this time? It is with with a, with a topical intro written by Brian Mithink. Why is it important to have a VPN so nobody knows you have a frostbitten willy unless you write a book about it? 
Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like taking a call on a train or bus on speaker for everyone to hear. You don't know who has access to your most private, sensitive information. Too right. So don't be that person. Here's why I use ExpressVPN. Internet service providers know every single website you visit. Yes, Toby, even the special ones that you visit. And in the US, they can legally sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so people can't peep on your online activity. Just fire up the app and click one button. It works on phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. No wonder it's rated number one by Business Insider and The Verge. Secure your online activity today at expressvpn.com London and get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free. That's expressvpn.com London. ExpressVPN dot com slash london so james what do you make of this um attempt to uh, or rather the this storming of the brazilian presidential palace oh wow in i tell you what in rio do you know what gave me so much pleasure so much pleasure did you see rishi sunak on I, Brazil, I, 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 I hate to draw attention to twitter because twitter is just utterly ghastly but Rishi Sunak, who is currently um, serving as the, I don't know if you've noticed, he's prime minister of our country. And uh, I mean, he's just basically a sort of WEF stooge uh, occupying Downing Street. And he puts out a tweet saying how he deplores this, this, the attempts by the Brazilian people to, to overthrow a democratically elected leader, i.e., um, what's he called? Lulu. What? Lula da Silva. Lula, Lula da Silva, who is A, a communist, B, almost certainly won this election through fakery and trickery and dominion machines, a bit like, a bit like um, Sleepy Joe, Senile Joe stole the US election. But I mean, I, I imagine that in, in Brazil, the theft was even more egregious. And the, the people of Brazil are rising up against this. And you would think if, if, Rishi Sunak, Prime Minister, Conservative Prime Minister, were worthy of the, of the name of a Conservative Prime Minister. You would think he would he would either take a neutral position on this, or take the side of the people of Brazil who just want the the leader that they voted for, i.e. Bolsonaro. And instead, what's he doing? He's propping up the regime. He's propping up the communist regime. I think it's nauseating. And by the way, have you noticed that there's, there's been pretty much a the, the media has has been barely touching this story. I mean, if you if, if you if we hadn't mentioned it on London Calling, no one would even know about what's going on there. It's on the um, BBC website. Um, yeah, well, I'm just looking at it now. Um, probably well, way down, and, and and probably they're saying uh, outrageous, outrageous, uh, well, I, anti-democratic coup by evil mob or something. Well, I I. Um, my take is that when I when I when I saw it, um, I thought, "Oh no, um, this the, the blame for this kind of uh, repeat of what happened in January twenty one with the storming of the Capitol building." Organised by the FBI. The blame the, will, the blame will squarely be laid at the feet of um, uh, 
wild the, the the wild west of the internet social media companies spreading conspiracy theories and misinformation just as the um the riot in washington in 2021 was used as a pretext for um uh rolling out censorship programs across the world so this would be used as another excuse and rishi sunak's comments that this uh, is an attack on democracy seem to be in keeping with that general narrative that we have to censor misinformation and conspiracy theories on social media because they pose a threat to democracy. Uh, and Exhibit A was the attack on the Capitol. This I, I, I initially thought was going to be presented as Exhibit B, and no doubt it may well be in time. But um, interestingly, um, Lula hasn't blamed um, Facebook or Twitter, or YouTube, um, or misinformation and conspiracy theories. He's blaming rogue elements within the security services and the military. It's a very old-fashioned kind of explanation for a kind of left-wing um, a populist um, a leader to blame a kind of failed coup on rogue elements in that he's almost suggesting the CIA is behind it you know um, uh, oh, it I wouldn't, like, it I wouldn't like, say the CIA are going to be behind this one the CIA would be a, no, no, no one thinks they are but it, it was as though that's that's that was the that was who Lula was blaming and it just really? seemed a bit old-fashioned it was like he's 25 years out of date doesn't he know you're supposed to blame misinformation uh, and use it as an excuse for kind of censorship programs and creating anti-disinformation units just as they have in America um, anyway so that that was my that was my take on it it was sort of terrible news because it is bound to be used in due course as yet another reason to censor Twitter and Facebook and YouTube um, because allowing unfiltered information to flow on those platforms poses a threat to democracy have you seen by the way breaking breaking news brazil's bolsonaro admitted to hospital in the u.s oh really well he was in the u.s when it happened he seemed to be kind of uh not going to make the same mistake that trump did and sort of be implicated in this kind of uh riot um uh he was he'll be able to say i was out of the country um but uh yeah has he been maybe james here's one for you james he's if he's in the u.s which he is isn't he he must have been vaxxed because you can't go to the u.s unless you're vaxxed um so maybe um, maybe this is why he's in hospital either or or maybe he's got a fake pass or something or, or I, i've got two pieces of advice for him don't go anywhere near a ventilator and don't take any rem remdesivir or run. Has he got COVID? Then? Has he been admitted with COVID? Well, you just don't know. But <laughs> it's, it's generally good advice: steer clear of the ventilators and don't get the run. Death is near. Okay. Uh, what else, James? What else is in the news? What else are we going to talk about? Uh, or uh, should, should we have one more ad and then go to culture corner? I, didn't say, I think one more ad and then we can talk about culture corner. Okay, I've got a fair fair bit for culture corner. Okay, so it's me doing the final ad. And uh, here it is. Whether, like James, you leap hedges on your 18-hand hunter, or, like me, you brave Reykjavik's volcanic ash, like I did this weekend, what you do? What do you do when you're snowed under and notice your fiercely independent elderly mum or dad isn't coping? This would have been a disaster, but now you can whip out your phone and call the family emergency service that is the Live-In Care Company. Call... 0118-914-5300. That's 0118-914-5300. The Live In Care Company uk. That's all one word. The Live In Care Company uk does exactly what it says on the tin. 
The Live-In Care Company, run by a fellow London Calling listener, rocks a 97% five-star Trustpilot rating. The Live-In Care Company believes your family should be cared for at home by carers who actually care. We don't believe a synthetic and potentially locked-down environment of a residential care home can hold a candle to the one-to-one care we offer to provide in your own family home. As one amazed Trustpilot reviewer wrote recently, we urgently needed a carer with only 24 hours notice. This company contacted us very promptly and we had a carer for the position within a couple of hours. Absolutely amazing service with a very professional caring attitude and a very personal touch. This company is by far the best we have used, unquote. Get in touch via www.thelivincarecompany, or one word, co.uk. Or ring the Living Care Company for a no-obligation conversation on 0118-914-5300. They'd love to help. And here is a testimonial that uh, we received uh, that they received recently after they started advertising on London Calling. Just wanted to let you know that we've just employed the Living Care Company to provide a carer for my in-laws in Edinburgh. I heard their ad- I heard their advert on your podcast a few weeks ago. Had never heard of them before, but they were exactly what we needed. Might be worth them advertising with you again. I imagine your audience is exactly the right demographic. Well, I hope it is. That's the Living Care Company. .co.uk. So James, what have you what have you watched this week? That's a really hard question. I think I've just been catching up. I tell you what, did I, did I tell you about how I'd stopped watching the English? Oh, I thought you'd finished it and were and were, and were kind of um, no impressed, having initially not liked it. No, other way round. So I watched the first episode and I thought this is good because it's got lots of lots of sort of killing in it. Um, and it's a bit like um, a Cormac, McCarth- Cormac McCarthy's um, Wild West sort of hallucinogenic weird novel. But then I got to the episode two, and it was still Emily Blunt talking in a soft, in a whispery voice about and, and conducting lengthy psychoanalysis sections with uh, sessions with with the uh, with the Red Indian guy, and who I liked by the way. I thought he was really good, but I just thought, why? I didn't care about this crappy love story. Go away. So I've, I've stopped watching. Right. Okay. Now that's disappointing. Yeah. I was sort of almost on the point of giving it a second chance, having watched the first episode. No, no, don't, me. don't. I mean, I, people, I, you know what? I, I can't bear people who say, oh, no, give it another chance. Why? Why would you give something another chance if you find something cloying and sentimental and, and also, actually, when it comes down to it, implausible. I, I could respect it more if... You know how there has been a fashion over the years for novels that are written in the voice of Victorian fiction. And the author has gone to great trouble to replicate the the extraordinary rich language of of, of maybe the Victorian underworld and so on. And and, and it's almost more Victorian than the Victorians. Mm -hmm. Um, But this didn't bother with that. It was just, she she might as well have come out of uh, some sort of health, health clinic in in 2020 London, it, 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 there the, the was no 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 attempt to to capture the voice of the right. period, and I, I thought right. that was a bit annoying. Okay, so um, I finished um, season two of Slow Horses. Um, ah, which what do you I, think? I thought it was good, but not as good as season one. What did you think? Oh right, I thought um, I thought I thought I could detect elements of wokery creeping in slightly. 
Um, really? I thought I thought I thought kind of season one kind of um, had 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 enough in it to please you know conspiracy theorists on the left as well as conspiracy theorists on the right so it was kind of quite even-handed uh but this i felt kind of tilted slightly towards pandering to conspiracy theorists on the left i thought the portrait of the tory home secretary played by samuel west the very fact that they cast samuel west in that part he's an outspoken anti-tory um a kind of passionate supporter of the labor party oh, yes. i, I don't mind situation. that at all and i see. thought that that was kind of that was a that seemed there was that there, there was a bit of that was sort of self-conscious anti-tory casting in order to make they they knew samuel west could be depended upon to make this kind of caricature of ghastly oleaginous toriness seem just as appalling as possible which he duly did um yes uh, i thought it was just an a- accurate accurate portrait of of, of senior tories so so yeah and there, was, okay and that, that. there was the um i mean i i, I thought I, I, i've criticized you in the past for objecting <laughs> to um what i what i call colorblind casting and you call token yeah. the token casting of people of color yes um but there was um a a disabled um yes. a- actress in in i think what the penultimate episode and yeah they make a joke about it you know um uh i think uh uh lamb says i'll oh, see so you haven't grown your legs back and she says that's good it means i don't have to dance with you um and yeah it was okay well done you made a joke about it funny um but but at the same time it did feel like a kind of gratuitous insertion of um a disabled actor into the cast just so they could kind of tick a diversity box what ah interesting did you do you not remember that the conversation we had last week when i said watch out for the for the casting um the woke casting decision which is deleterious okay. yeah. to the yeah okay uh, and that's and what that you were talking was, about okay. that was, and I, it, it, it feels somehow sort of rude or ungallant but i'm not sure that people who who are not natural actors should be doing acting because when you've got somebody like Gary Oldman who who can act the hind legs of a donkey and you've got him in a in a, an office with somebody who really can't act you feel embarrassed for both of them really he's having to do extra work to try and make her feel comfortable and well she's just not acting very well and, and I think doing the cause of of credibility a, a, a disservice yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought um, generally it was very good, and certainly miles better than ninety nine percent of the stuff on TV. Um, so um, I don't want to sound like you know I'm 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 not recommending it. I'm still recommending it. I thought it was excellent, um, and yes. you know, absolutely kind of bingeable too. I mean, I could barely contain. I could it took an extraordinary effort of will not to just rattle off all six episodes immediately. I had to space them out. Um, in order to kind of extend my pleasure and give myself something to look forward to at the end of each day. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I so think it, it was really good. The, I, I think the plots are in any, in any case a, a, a MacGuffin. I mean, the, the, this, this plot involving sleeper agents clearly had, uh, it was a sort of homage to, to John le Carre, wasn't it? It was a little bit like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. When they well, they, are, they all are kind of, well, the first one and this one, kind of like kind of, they're almost like pastiches of Le Carre, aren't they? I they mean, are. They take the, the, the head of this, you know, this kind of uh, 
uh, of the slow horses in Slough House is almost he's like he's he's seedier even than the seediest characters in John Le Carreau's books about you know the circus um, uh, and it's it, it's almost like a pastiche but not quite I yes. even I quite like the Mick what do you think of the Mick Jagger theme song which apparently he wrote for the series I think it's did pretty he? good yeah I, I didn't think he did write it I thought he had written it I don't think he did. I, I, I because well, I, I could be wrong, but I remember uh, an interview or a, an article in which the, the 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 guy who wrote the song had been delighted that Mr. Jagger had deigned okay. to sing his song, and I just I, I felt slightly nauseated <laughs> um, because I just thought, well, like, he's just Mick Jagger for God's sake. He's not, you know, he's nothing special. He's just a kind of, you know, satanic member of the rock star fake elite um but anyway yeah whatever um i mean i, I mean i think he's i think he does a very good performance i think his vocals are very good and stuff and very surely he's surely he's a, he's a genuine member of the elite and a fake satanist you've got it asked no, no 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 I, I don't think so look you look at sympathy for the devil look at altamont this this guy is for real look at look at look at the their satanic ma- majesties that that they've been at this game for a long time that, yeah, that, that's all, that's, all, that's all fake fake satanism in order to kind of cultivate that's their images the, bad boy sure that's the trick that's they the play. cover that's the cover okay yeah whatever of course it is yeah yeah anyway um yes i tell you what i've been reading um i have been reading a book a rather excellent I'm, I'm working my way through russian literature at the moment and i'm reading a book called oblomov by ivan goncharov Yes, and Oblomov is a classic of of, of Russian Russian fiction, um, and it's about this this sort of minor nobleman who who spends his his whole day <laughs> daydreaming in his in his house in his rented house in St Petersburg, and 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 dreaming up all these these grand schemes which never come to anything because he's he's hopelessly impractical, and he's got this grumpy ser- grumpy but loyal servant. Uh, who is equally useless, and it's what what's wi- the the book was written in uh, or published in eighteen fifty nine, and it just reads. Uh, it, it, it's a very modern book in its way because because it, it it's just a study in in a man's interior life, um, a very very lazy man's interior life. But also, I think it's it's quite good on the male psyche. Uh, I think women reading the book particularly will will recognize their husbands in it um, because we're, we've got all these all these pipe dreams about how the world's going to be and how it ought to be if only we can pull our finger out and we never get round to doing it because we're <laughs> we're bloody useless and without our wives we nothing would ever get done so i saw a television adaptation on the bbc of oblomov starring norm from cheers about did you 10 15 years ago yeah i remember being a i watched it because i'm a massive cheers fan and uh, i remember being a bit disappointed thinking norm probably is just a one-trick pony and you can play that guy sitting on the bar stool making wisecracks um uh with cliff but yeah his range i don't think extended to playing this kind of minor russian nobleman um i I think i think it's almost unfilmable i think if if you were going to make a film of it you'd need to get somebody like the person who directed being John Malkovich or something like that, you know, such a sort of auteur thing, which which riffed 
very freely on 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 the book otherwise it's quite boring because how do you show somebody's interior life i mean if a man just sans, lies around fatly not even getting out of bed he doesn't he doesn't get out of bed for the, for at least the first 50 pages he just wears this these robes these rich robes and i, mean, I imagine he smells quite a lot and, he, and his 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 place is really dusty and and it, i mean it's, it's slightly disgusting it only works i think reading it because you don't you you can't smell the smell and and see that see this sort of corpulent you thing know, I, lounging there. I once interviewed Charlie Kaufman, who is the um, was the writer of Being John Malkovich, yes. um, and has directed a number of um, celebrated independent films. Um, I interviewed him on stage at the National Film Theatre as part of the London Film Festival back when I was more respectable and still writing film reviews. And he was an unbelievably awkward customer. Very hard to interview. I mean, he rarely gives interviews and you know it had take them taken them months to to set this up and um, and I think I was a last minute replacement for the kind of a-list journalist that they had lined up um uh, and uh, you know Peter Bradshaw from the Guardian couldn't do it for some reason so in I step and uh, and he was just unbelievably prickly and difficult and non you know oh, giving, really? giving giving monosyllabic one word answers in front of an audience packed with kind of crazed Charlie Kaufman fans who, who who wanted to hang on his every word but he just wouldn't produce any words for them to hang on and I remember at one point he was I managed to kind of tease him out a bit and he was talking about how you know it didn't matter if the uh, stories were stretched credulity um, uh, and and you know it made it, it didn't matter if audiences were struggling to suspend disbelief provided they were true to the emotion of the work and that was the important thing that was where the truth lay the truth lay in 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 emotion because emotion was the source of and i said but but can't emotions be f- equally false you know what about uh, sats emotions you know often people feel emotional in a completely inappropriate way and they're not they're no more reliable surely than you know logic or um evidence and he got very cross and um wouldn't engage you know with that argument at all just thought i was retarded um it was <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 i'm glad i wasn't there i think it sounds excruciating it was very uncomfortable it was excru- an excruciating experience and i think lots of people came up to me afterwards and said they felt sorry for me um and it was partly i think he was kind of passively aggressively signaling his absolute contempt for me um throughout kind of sitting there hunched up and kind of never looking me in the eye like kind of you know the way aggression is manifested by someone who claims to be shy you know uh, at a dinner oh party. i hate that and <laughs> that's what hugh, hugh uh, montgomery massingbird always used to say that, that shyness is just a form of rudeness yeah well he, he, he he'd taken that to a fine art anyway um, that was charlie kaufman um so um I, I'm, I've just finished reading, James, um, Hell's March by Taylor Anderson, um, the second novel in the Artillery Men sequence, having finished the Destroyer Men, the 15-volume Destroyer Men sequence. I've now happily embarked on the second um, epic series in, uh, in, in this universe he's created, this alternate universe. And it took a while to get going, actually, and at times I almost thought maybe I'm not going to slogs I'm not, I'm not i'm not here for the whole 15 novels in this sequence as well assuming there are 15 it got a bit boring as so many characters and but once the action starts once the battle commences then it's it's great boy's own gripping stuff and i've just and i put off 
reading my next um, uh, uh, Bernard Cornwall, Richard Sharp novel, because I realised there are only, I mean, even though there do at times seem to be, you know, just hundreds of them, I think they're actually fewer than 50. And um, and I want to space them out. I don't want to use them up too quickly. So I, I made that mistake with some of the other Bernard Cornwall series. So I'm spacing these out. So I, I'm now, my rule is I have to read two books before I can read another uh, Richard Sharp novel but I've now read two books and I'm embarking on the next Richard Sharp novel and after that I've got um, the audio book of the first Flashman uh, book lined up which uh, read by to, um, by George MacDonald Fraser oh I, no, the, but is he reading it as well no I don't think he is somebody else is an actor okay Tobes um, it's my Pilates night and I've got to have a bowl of um, my wife's granola before I leave otherwise my, my tummy will grumble in the class embarrassingly okay. So, All right, um, James. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. Talk next week. All right. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.